Hi, this is Dr. Cheryl Peavy, and I am so excited to share some amazing news with you. God has placed it on my heart to create a podcast show called Her Voice, Her View. And what it entails is speaking with other women who have gone through things, who are presently going through something, are about to go through a trial. And it's about women coming together and having intimate conversations with one another about things that we have experienced. Example, we could talk about relationships and business and grief and childhood and just all the things that we as women face. You know, COVID-19 has been such in the forefront for the past two years of what's going on in the world, but we need to come together and talk about what's going on behind closed doors. We are all going through something. We all have have changed because we have to adapt to what's going on in the world, but also it's, it's time for us women to be able to have a place that we can share our testimonies, share our voice, share our views on subjects that are so important to us as women so we can grow, so we can help one another, inspire one another, motivate one another, support one another. It's like it says in the Bible, am I my brother's keeper? No, I am my sister's keeper. And I am going to be sharing the journey I've been on since February 10th of a health journey, but it's so much more than just a health journey. There has been some significant changes and some things that I've gone through that I want to share because this story of what I've been going through, the journey I'm on, is not for me. The things that we experience as women, the trials and tribulations, things that we have carried with us, it is not for us. God allowed those things to happen to us, for us, right? To help us, but also for others. We all are assigned people. And it is time to come together, be able to help one another, to help the people that we're assigned to. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot give from an empty cup. And it's just gonna be some amazing conversations with various sisters talking about finances, wealth, relationships with yourself, with your family, with others marriages or divorces or relationships or even things that we've done, the mistakes that we have made that maybe we still hold on to. It could be childhood issues. It could be adult things. It could just be anything that we experience as women, that we can have a, a platform to be able to have our voice heard and our views heard without judgment. So I'm so excited again to be debuting her voice, her view. And there's something else I just want to share with you. When God gives you something, when he puts something upon your heart that he wants you to do, he will continually remind you from time to time, this is what I've asked you to do. And why are you afraid to do it? If I ask you to do something, I'm going to give you everything that you need to walk out what I've asked you to do. So one scripture that has been so... Um, I don't want to say comforting, but one scripture that has spoke to me so much is Jeremiah 29, 13, where it says, you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And that is what I have been doing on my journey. 
on my journey, I have looked for others to help me. And I'm not saying that God doesn't use others to help you with what you're going through. But first and foremost, you have to go to him first. And then when you lay out your heart and pour out everything that you're feeling and that you're going through, even though he knows you're going through it because he's right there, because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But he just wants us to have such an intimate relationship with him. He wants us to share what we're feeling. He wants us to understand and recognize that without him, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And again, I just want to come on just very quickly and share this amazing podcast show that is going to be impactful to women And I'm not saying I'm not going to end up talking to some men, too, because I think it's also important to understand that, you know, we need to have relationships with the opposite sex. But in order to do that, to bridge the gap of lack of communication, sometimes we need a male perspective. So we're going to be spending some time and I'm not going to say, how am I going to say it? We're not just gonna have one show on one subject and that's it. We're not gonna have a show that talks about money and that's it. It will be a series of different things that we'll have and those series may run a whole month or more. But it's something that God has placed again on my heart that needs to be done. We cannot sugarcoat anything anymore. We can't ignore anything, especially with what's going on in the world today with COVID-19. You know, that is in the forefront. That is all that you hear on the news. That is all that you hear all the time. But there is so much more than just COVID-19 going on. I want to talk about mental health. I want to talk about how the whole world has been affected and how that affects women. You know, no one really knows what's going on behind closed doors. And again, this is a place of safety, a place where women can share their story, that they could speak their voice, speak their truth, be authentic, and be able to be heard and make a difference in someone else's life. Again, I'm so excited to be presenting to you Her Voice, Her View. See you next time. This is Dr. Cheryl Peavy, and welcome to episode number two of Her Voice, Her View. This week, we're going to be talking about domestic violence because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I want to share with you my definition of domestic violence. Domestic violence is where another person breaks another person down to edify or lift themselves up because they don't like themselves, and oftentimes their abuser has been a victim of domestic violence in the past. But I wanna share with you how important it is to know this, that it is not your fault. No one has the right to berate you, to belittle you, to make you feel less than a person. They have no right to put their hands on you. It is not your fault. And oftentimes, the abuser will try to manipulate you to believe that it's you that caused the violence upon yourself. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and I don't want you to believe that. I want you to know that you are fearfully, wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, talks about, for he formed my inward parts. He knitted me, or intricately wove me in my mother's womb. 
I praise you because I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonders are your works, for my soul knows very well that my substance wasn't hidden from you. Remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you are experiencing domestic violence or know somebody is or have an idea that you think somebody is, please call 1-800-799-7233. That is the Domestic Violence National Awareness Line. Well, I wanted to talk to you about the different types of domestic violence. We know that there's emotional, there's verbal, there's mental, there's physical abuse, as well as child abuse. I also want to share with you two other abuses that you may not have even thought about, and that is medical abuse and financial abuse. But this week, I want to talk to you about medical abuse. And I want to share with you my story. When I was a little girl growing up, I saw my mother, she was being physically abused by my stepfather. When I became an adult and tried to have a conversation with my mother, she denied it and said it never happened. But I remember it, I saw it, because what it ended up doing, it ended up making me believe that love from a man was to be called names, to be berated, to be belittled, to be you know, brought down, to feel unworthy. And physical, seeing that, okay, if I'm physically abused, it's okay. That's how a man shows that he loves a woman. Well, that is not the truth. And it took me a long time to realize that. And even me seeing this as a little girl put me on a path of being in a couple of relationships that were abusive. And I want to share with you my story of being medical, medically abused. So you're like, Dr. Cheryl, what does that mean, medically abused? That means if you're in a relationship with a person and they have a health condition and they put that health condition on you and you take it over not realizing it becomes your issue, that's what I'm talking about, medical abuse. You know, as women, we fall hard, we fall in love, we love hard, we give everything we have to give, more than 100% of ourselves. We put everything in a relationship with a guy, just giving him our all, letting him have everything about us, right? Because we think that's what love is. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give your all and, and just take what is given to you. Well, again, that's a lie as well. Well, I ended up being in a relationship with a gentleman I didn't know who had a medical condition of diabetes when I first entered a relationship with him. Then upon a little bit of time, he shared with me that he was diabetic, but he had it under control. And I said, okay, no problem, great. But there was one time that he called, and he called me on the phone, and he says, hey, I'm really out of it. This is where I'm at. I'm, my level is off. I can't, I can't function, da-da-da. Can you help me? So I went to the store, grabbed some snacks, grabbed some sugar, went to where he was, gave it to him. He came back. I was like, oh, you know, yay, I did something for my man. I helped him. He's feeling better. Yay, right? Little did I know it was going to become my responsibility without me saying, yes, I'll take this on as my responsibility. Because what? I wanted to show my love for him. I wanted to please him. I wanted to make him happy. Hmm. That's another different story when I'm thinking about hmm, when I said hmm. Another topic for another show. And as time went on, he had different episodes of where his blood sugar would drop, which is called hypoglycemia. And there were times that I would try to help get his level back. And it would either be giving him some candy, or more oftentimes it was trying to give him orange juice. And there were times he would take it, 
with no problem. But there were the times that he wouldn't take it that were really stressful. He would either knock the orange juice out of my hand, he would start screaming, being combative, or he would close his mouth up so tight and turn his head and say no. And during those times, I had to end up calling 911. And they would come out, they would administer to him what needed to be administered to bring up his blood sugar level quicker than what I was able to do. So every time I would do that, he would be very upset and very mad and say, why would you call them? You could have did it. If you loved me, you would have been able to do it because you know what to do when I get like that. And I said, yes, I know what to do, but I'm supposed to let you die. And then I said, this shouldn't be on me because this is too much. Didn't listen. It got to the point where I had to call him every, every time he worked his shift. He, even though he was set an alarm clock, I still would have to call him to make sure he got up. And now sometimes I would be calling over and over while I'm at work, mind you, calling to make sure that he got up and got ready for work. And there was a couple of times he didn't. So I would take my lunch early, go make sure he was okay, and help him out of his lethargic state. So I put my job in jeopardy for saying that I wanted to help him, I wanted to be there, I was his woman, this is what my, the expectation I thought was the right expectation and what was expected from me. He wasn't very appreciative at all, he never said thank you, he, he just was always mad. So there was, I guess I just wanna share with you, this was like the last straw that ended the relationship and I said enough is enough. There was this last time that it was so bad that he was so lethargic and when he becomes lethargic he doesn't remember anything when he comes back to and he'll say no that I would never do that I would never yell at you I would never be this way to you which was not true but um this last time I was like enough is enough when I called 911 because I could not bring him around he was actually throwing furniture he was really really bad it's just very combative. And when I called 911, they were like, is he combative? I said, very much so. They were like, do not stay in the house. Uh, we're on our way. The fire department came, the police department came, and the ambulance came with the EM, EMT technicians. Well, as they brought him back around, he was saying to the police officers, I'm so upset that she called because I don't want you guys in my house. He was so adamant he didn't want anybody in his house. So as they were attending to him, one EM tech was attending to him and another one was having a conversation with me. When I looked over at him, the look that he gave me and the EMT technician, she said, did you just see the look he gave you? And I said, yes. She said, are you gonna be okay? And then the police officers told him, do not put your hands on her. He's like, I'm not gonna do it. But the look that he had, that he gave me was like, he could have killed me. And that was the moment that I truly feared for my life. And I said, this is it. I cannot be in this type of relationship where I'm fearful that his diabetes, if I don't do what he wants me to do or help him out, that he might end up hurting me in his combative state. But before this was the last um, straw, I just want to share with you. With me having to do what I was doing to help him with his diabetes, there was one time I wasn't feeling well, so I went to my doctor. My doctor shared with me, she's like, I don't know what's going on with you, whatever stress you're going on under at this time, 
But if you don't get that under control, you will have a heart attack or stroke or you will not be alive. So I didn't listen to her. I heard it, didn't listen to her because if I would have listened to her and took her advice, I didn't share with her what was going on, but I would have left. But I didn't. But that look and that fear inside of me is what caused me to leave. And what I ended up doing for me to get out was um, I left. When I say I left, you know, I left the relationship, wrote him a letter, blocked him, sent him a letter, and that was it. Because that was, for me, easy to get out. But oftentimes, when you are in a relationship or in a marriage or you're living with someone, it's just not that easy to get out. And I suggest that you come up with a plan of action to be able to get out. Share that with a friend. And I want you to understand this, and I'm sharing this with everybody who's listening who may have never experienced domestic violence. Oftentimes, we who have been the victim of domestic violence... We are afraid. We're afraid to share what's going on with us because we're afraid of what people will think. And we shouldn't even be like that because it doesn't matter what people think. But oftentimes a person who has not been abused will say, you know what, why don't you just get out of it? It's just not that easy just to get out of a relationship. It's just not that easy. You think it'd be easy, but it's not because there's something there that's pulling and drawing you because that's comfort. We're so used to being comfort. We're, we're afraid of uh, and living in fear of, if I get out of this relationship, am I gonna survive? What happens next? Am I gonna be okay? And oftentimes we don't share our stories with other people because we're embarrassed. We feel guilty, we feel ashamed, and we shouldn't because that is, um, what I always say, that's a, a mindset of believing that it was our fault. And domestic violence is not your fault. And it's hard to continue to stress it, but once you're out of it, you can stress it to other people who are experiencing it. It's not your fault. And oftentimes you get caught up in that. I love that person so much. We believe that we can fix them. We can change them. We can help them. We cannot help people who are abusers. They have to want to help themselves. They have to want to get the help. And in this type of um abuse oftentimes the abuser will manipulate and use words and say things to tear us down if you've been torn down so much by words or physically abused it's ingrained in you and it takes it's a process once you get out there's a process of what happens after but it's a process to even get out and you know that either there's two options that can either happen you either get out safely or you may lose your life but I please ask and encourage you that you please share this podcast with teenage girls with younger women so they can hear other women's stories so they can recognize to see the red flags before they even get into a deep relationship it is not okay it's not okay for anybody to call you out your name it's not okay to be broken to be hit to be called all kind of names and for them to do the do other silly little stuff to blame you you know the the words and the conversations that the gentleman had with me when I look back I said wow you know if you love me if you really love me you'll help me you know I need you what am I going to do without you that's manipulation but I um thank you for listening to episode number two
And I just want to share with you prayerfully that I will be able to have a sister of influence on who as well has experienced domestic violence. And next week, I want to continue to talk about this a little bit deeper, a little bit further, as well as sharing another episode that I experienced with domestic violence. And please make sure you call 1-800-799-7233 if you know of anybody that is in an abusive relationship or if you're trying to get out or if you suspect somebody is in one, please, please just give them the number. Don't push them because oftentimes if you're pushing saying you need to get out, that's going to keep the person in longer in the relationship. Just be understanding, just listen. And when they're ready, they will leave. Thank you again. Hope to see you next week. Have a great rest of the day.